0: Bethel's Bill Johnson promotes an event that brings the false prophets of NAR, also known as the New Apostolic Reformation, in an ecumenical alliance that is setting the stage for the Great End Times Delusion, where the Chosens, Jonathan Rumi, a practicing Catholic mystic, is teaming up with Protestant grave soakers. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 511 News Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at Bill Johnson and a recent event that he is promoting that brings Catholics and Christians united in order to share the gospel. But before we get into that, we would love for you guys To make sure you give this a like and subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel if you feel so led. And if you're one that listens via podcast, leave a five-star review. All of that stuff just helps to get these messages out as we warn people about what is happening in the church as well as what is happening outside of the church and bring forth the gospel to those who clearly need it. But I want to get right into this because... Bill Johnson has come out to support this event. He's come out and posted this on his Facebook page, and I'm going to be bringing Pastor Joe Schimmel on to bring a pastor's perspective on what's going on here in this whole ecumenical movement. But here's what Bill Johnson had to say about the event. So the event will take place in Portugal, according to the flyer, and here's what it says the event will be like. It says... Join us for the transformative worship and evangelization event where we, Catholics and Protestants together, will ignite the flame of faith, unite the body of Christ, and bring the message of the gospel to every person. Don't miss the opportunity to be a part of the chains. And then it lists some of the people that will be there, like Catholic Matt Marr, as well as Jonathan Rumi, the Catholic mystic who plays Jesus on The Chosen, It has Israel Houghton. It also has, of course, Heidi Baker. And this is what Bill Johnson, while trying to promote the event and raise funds for it, said, quote, Of the $1 million needed for this event, $800,000 has already been raised. $200,000 more is needed. It is an unprecedented opportunity for Protestants and Catholics to work together in evangelism. So, With all of that, we see very clearly he's promoting this ecumenical event. And so we're going to bring on Pastor Joe for Pastor Joe's point of view on ultimately what he said there, bringing Catholics and Protestants, I don't know what you're protesting, but bringing them together for the point of evangelism. Is this something, Pastor Joe, that we should be doing?
1: Yeah, for evangelism, Chad, that means to share the gospel together. Uh, First of all, when you look at the Protestant view, as you mentioned, you kind of, you know, in a, in a kind of a cool, snarky way. It's like, wait a minute. I mean, you're talking about what are we protesting? Uh, they're not protesting the Roman Catholic Church anymore. They're embracing it in so many ways, right? Roman Catholicism, they don't teach the gospel. They've added on to the gospel. And for me, the question would be, you know, like asking the Apostle Paul, hey, Paul, I know you're exposing the Judaizers preaching preaching a false gospel. Those were the folks that infiltrated the church in the early church where Paul writes to the Church of Galatia about these Judaizers who were saying, They're teaching, you're not saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. You have to do these certain things to earn your salvation, to earn God's favor. And uh, Paul would give, a you know, just a a categorical, no, don't share the gospel with these guys. They don't have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Paul said in 1, 6 of Galatians, I marvel, and I'm out of accurately be like, I'm blown away uh, that you're so quickly being removed from him who's, uh, from the gospel of Jesus Christ to another gospel. Then he goes on to say. If an angel from heaven preached another gospel, you let it be a curse. The Greek word is anathema there. And there's some irony in Rome with the Roman Catholic Church because they pronounce anathemas on us because we preach the true gospel. And in the Council of Trent, which is still in effect that was done in the 1500s as a kind of a counter-reformation against Protestants, they... Say you're condemned if you believe you're saved by grace alone through faith alone because they teach you have to be saved by works. But but bro, what did Paul say in Galatians five? Those who he says stand fast the freedom with which Christ has set you free and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. I mean don't go back to the law to be saved. And then he says if any of you are circumcised because they're saying you got to be circumcised to earn God's favor to be right with God. If you're circumcised to be right with Christ, he says you've been cut off from the Christ and you've fallen from grace. So they preach a totally different gospel. So they're getting together with Rome, who doesn't just add on circumcision. They add on the seven sacraments. They add on the, the, the ground scapular, all kinds of things that you can do to be right with God and, and actually be accepted. Purgatory, you have to suffer for your sins. It's a damnable, false, despicable gospel. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Yeah, it's no good news. And I, I'm just being honest. It's something that we brought out, Joe. And if you guys want to get deeper on this subject, I really encourage you to to go to our series Catholicism Examine. We'll put a link in the description and check it out because it is so important for you guys to... We get really deep on there and you guys can really understand why we have such, not just reservation, but we still protest against the teachings of Rome because in all honesty, Joe, I could, I could argue and I think make a pretty good case that some of the doctrines that have come out of Rome, they're far less in excess... I mean, far more, I'm sorry, far more in excess than even what was going on in the churches in the region of Galatia. I mean, ultimately, when you look at the excesses and the things they've added to the gospel. And so we say all of that, and we actually talked to uh, one of the leading pro-life guys that's out there in terms of uh, some of the things he's doing. And he is Protestant. But one of the things that I brought up to him and, and Joe brought up to him was, hey, one of our biggest consternation is the fact that we go out to share the gospel out on the streets in front of Planned Parenthoods. And when we do that, you notice the rosaries that are there and the people alongside you. And and we have a big struggle that people come together and think, oh, it's okay. And we're not uniting
1: with them. They just show up there.
0: They just happen to be there at the same time that that we are. And we go there. Yes, we want to save babies. That's why we go directly there. But we go there to preach the gospel because somebody— who has a new heart that has been regenerated. The no murderer has eternal life in them, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. So we say when somebody gets saved, they stop wanting to murder their babies. And what, not only that, we just did an event where Joe preached the gospel. And if you want to know how different the gospel message is uh, when it comes to— Yeah, we're at
1: a big park, all kinds of Christians there.
0: Yeah, and you want to know what the difference is when when— with a Catholic trying to share the gospel and a Christian trying to share the gospel is when the gospel was preached and the warning that was given that many people will come to me on that day day saying, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. And they'll say, well, look at all the things we did. We stood in front of, you know, abortion clinics and so forth. So what happens is, Joe, is you preach that message and a woman comes up to me and she's angry. She's upset because she says, why is this message being preached? Why are we being preached at that we need to make sure we're in Christ and we need to make sure we're saved. I, all that born again stuff. Mm. And I said, oh, and I noticed her button, 40 days of prayer, which is a Catholic uh, event. And I said, oh, are, are you Catholic? Do you not believe in being born again? And she was very hostile, Joe. And it was really interesting because I pointed out to her, I'm like, you're getting upset from a quotation from Matthew seven twenty-one through 23, warning against this. I, I have to be honest with you. Why does it hurt your feelings that he's preaching the gospel up there? Because you preach the gospel as well as the warnings for those who are, who are there in audience. And it just showed me so clearly, this woman has been in the church, uh, at in the Catholic church, not the real church that Christ redeemed, but, but she has been in the church and, and she's angry at, at a message about being born again and making sure you're right with Christ. And it just showed me so clearly how off the, the messages have are from the Catholic Church, so to speak. And Joe, I, I bring that up because it is important because people are seeing this and we should not be linking arms. You shouldn't be co-belligerents with the Catholic Church because their message and honestly, what they're trying to get in, the means for the end and all and so forth, it's not the same as us. We want to see people safe. That's it. Like eternity is what matters to us, where they're going to go and where they're going to spend all eternity. But it's not only that, Joe. When we look at this, And we see the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, we see the leaders of it getting involved, Heidi Baker, and you have uh, Bill Johnson promoting it. And you see it's a promotion of bringing Catholics and Protestants together. Something, Joe, that we have warned about, this is coming, it's Mm -hmm. coming. And we're not warning about it because, oh, wow, we had this great insight. But when we look at the scriptures, it seems like this seems to be the end times delusion that's just coming down the road.
1: Absolutely, because the scriptures show us that there'll be a false church. Uh, the, The church is called the Bride of Christ, and the church is contrasted as the Bride of Christ, who he's coming back for, with a false counterfeit church, a counterfeit revival called the Whore of Babylon. Jesus isn't coming back for whore. He's coming back for the bride of Christ. But there's this whore of Babylon whose colors are all like what's popular in the Roman Catholic Church, the, the scarlet and the purple and everything else, and the golden cup and all that stuff. And it's kind of interesting because we understand Babylon to be not only a commercial center, but there's also going to be a very religious aspect about this, this false church. And it's interesting because Chad, the false prophet in the book of Revelation, as you know, uh, he says he looks like a lamb. Well, the word lamb is used of Jesus in the book of Revelation more than any other, more than the rest of the Bible put together. He's the lamb of God. It's through his blood that we're spared of the wrath. When it falls, it won't fall on us because we're with Jesus. But as the lamb of God, uh, the 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 false prophet looks like a lamb. So he looks like he represents Jesus and he basically works with the whore of Babylon and he brings glory to the Antichrist and does miracles, bringing fire down from heaven in the presence of those who view the Antichrist to get them to worship him, but he looks like he represents Christ, which is kind of interesting because the, the Muslims are looking for that last imam. And he has Isa, which is their Christ. It's a different Jesus. He didn't die for their sins. He didn't die for anyone's sins. And he's not the son of God, they say. So they're getting ready for this false Jesus, too. But it's interesting, Chad, because I thought oh, it's always fascinating me that the false prophet who looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon, says. So he's, he's Satan's man. He has two horns. And these things have significance in the book of Revelation. And horns in the Bible represent powers. They, they were familiar with wild beasts. And the more horns they had, the more crazy they were, um, more powerful they were. And this beast, this, this false prophet has two horns. And I believe it's very possible. What are those? They're there for a reason. Why do these horns represent two powers? It's very possible that because he represents Christ, there's two powers that he has when he falsely represents Christ. It's very possible that that's Roman Catholicism. And sold out, you know, ecumenical Protestantism united together under his power. Because we see right now these two major forces: ecumenical Protestantism, which is basically leaving the truth behind, and a lot of these guys are false teachers that you mentioned. They don't really preach the gospel. All of them, themselves. actually. Yeah, all of them, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, right. Amen. And then, and then the Pope in Roman Catholicism. So it's very possible those two horns represent two centers of power that this false prophet has under his authority, which is what's happening because. Way back in the day, Robert Schuller was the most popular preacher or evangelist ever, and he says, we need to go back to the main shepherd, the pope. And I'm like, man, this has been going on for some time, but it's picking up steam like it never has before because people don't care about truth and doctrine anymore.
0: No, I think that's so important. I want people to understand that that are watching this show. Like, This isn't just like, oh, those are some bad ideas. No, there is a spirit behind this that is pushing this. And you think about these false sign and wonders groups when you look at the scriptures and it warns that there will be those like Jannies and Jambres. yeah, And you're it. like, whoa, that's specifically when you get into Paul's letter to Timothy, that's about end times. Yeah. And it says, uh, you know, uh, Matthew 24, 24, Jesus warned his own
1: apostles like four times. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And he says in verse 24 of Matthew 24, for false christs and false prophets will arise showing great signs and wonders, deceiving if possible, even the very elect of God. And then he says, Behold, I've, in verse 25, behold, I've warned you in advance. In other words, you better get this. And then as you know, Chad, and in 2 Thessalonians 2, the end times, it, it says the Antichrist, his coming will be with all power and signs and lying or counterfeit wonders and all deceitfulness of righteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And they had pleasure in wickedness. These guys are having pleasure in a false kingdom because many of these guys teach there's no end times. We're going to usher in the kingdom of God on earth. There's not gonna be an Antichrist and everything. Well, guess what? You're going to brush from the antichrist and think he's Christ.
0: No, Amen. And I, and and man, I don't want to give too much away. And We already talked about this before the show because I'm getting a chance to give a presentation on this uh, because Joe and I are going to be teaching out in New York. We'll put a flyer up so you guys can check it out if you're in that that the on the East Coast in August. I believe it's around the 10th. Uh, We're going to be out there, so you guys can check us out there, talking about a lot deeper in uh, all of these subjects, uh, specifically. And Joe, one of the things I noticed, too, is this is something, and it's so interesting that you brought up some of the guys that are involved, and watching the signs and wonders, as you mentioned with the Pope, and the end time, and some of the deception, and you think about a couple of people that were kind of duped in terms of, oh, well, look, the Pope is speaking in tongues, so he's just like one of us. We're not only Chris Valentin, but you're going to see Chris Valentin talk about the Pope and what he says about him here, I find really, really interesting.
2: I went to see the Pope. I got invited to see the Pope. You know, in fairness, which, there which was 40 of Which makes people us. mad about you as well, by the way. You've I talked to the Pope. And, so. But I mean, the, the Pope began the conversation with us by telling us that he had an encounter with, with the Holy Spirit in which he began to speak in tongues, and he had to go <laughs> ask his Pentecostal friend what it was, and we all laughed together. And I'm like... <laughs> You know, do, do I agree yeah. with uh, the Catholic theology? No, but the guy loved God.
0: Now, notice that he said, Joe, that, well, I don't know, he, we don't agree with every doctrine, but he loves God. He loves God, even though all these excesses, all these horrible things, and not even mention a lot of the Catholics don't even, aren't fans of him today. But, but Joe, the Bethel is not the only one that the Pope has met with and reached out to. In fact, you're going to see this clip. Kenneth Copeland, by the way, was sent a message by none other than Pope Francis.
2: Brother Tony, come on up, would you
1: please? And uh, Tony Palmer, some of you may know Tony. Tony and I go way back, but he's going he's to be telling you the story. I asked him to come give his testimony, and he's got a special message for us tonight. Forgive
3: me this opportunity to spend a couple of moments introducing to you something really, really special and historic. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one. Glory to the Father. Amen. I am here with my brother mio vescovo, fratello Tony Palmer, siamo amici da anni e lui mi ha detto del vostro compagno, del vostro raduno, con piacere vi invio un saluto. Vi chiedo anche un favore, di pregare per me perché ho bisogno delle vostre preghiere, Oh.
2: glory 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 Tony thank you sir come on the man asked us to pray for him
0: so Joe one of the things that when I'm looking at all this and we're seeing it obviously with Bethel we're seeing it with Kenneth Copeland and you see him giving a message to Kenneth Copeland and I'm like wow that's pretty interesting And then you see other things that are going on. You see like Greg Locke recently sat down with Benny Hinn. And we'll bring this all together so you guys can see. And if you guys haven't seen part two of our Bethel series where we talk about the Bethel Friends contagion and see some of the connectivity behind some of these groups, guys, it is really important. And one of the things, and this is just our honest opinion, one of the reasons that we're going to be doing our series on the NAR movement as a whole and not just Bethel is because as we've read book after book, interviewed, uh, different people have written some great, great books. It's not pushing it down at all. But one thing that we have seen that there's a huge miss is recognizing the end times deception and all the other aspects, let alone the link between Catholicism. But you look at Greg Locke going on Benny Hinn recently and repenting of writing a book against Benny Hinn. Mr Signs and Wonders maybe the arch heretic of our time mm. you look at you look at that sort of thing you look at him coming out with a movie that did huge numbers i watched people that walked away from more conservative churches to go down the road of thinking that you know er, that christians have demons and and so forth you know pigs in a parlor kind of stuff yeah. you know so some of the stuff that is going on and you realize everyone's looking for these signs and wonders that they're seeking after these signs and now they can get it where Most people that grew up, especially 80s, 90s, and, you know, for most of the time, when it comes to Catholicism, we're talking about dead religion. You show up to dead religion, and now you're seeing not only the ecumenical movement, it's like, oh, no, we can can team up here and actually, you know, let's blur the lines, and we have separated brethren, and let's write these documents. The Protestants are writing documents, say we're brothers. And you see this, and then you see the connectivity with all the NAR. Guys, my head's exploding from all this.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because— you know, when you see Benny Hinn and you see I mean, even when he was walking out of a hotel with Paula White, you know where were
0: they when they, they were walking they out? Were,
1: they were they were go there to see the Pope, you know, and they walked out of the hotel arm in arm as like boyfriend and girlfriend, you know. And that was a pretty scandalous uh from many people's vantage points. But it's interesting a lot of these folks, including Paula White, Benny Hinn, Copeland, a lot of these these are the, these are known to be, as you mentioned, they're arc heretic, heretics. They're they're money grabbing. They're you know, it's interesting because uh they teach that, you know godliness is a means of financial gain but paul warns in first timothy 6 5 he talks about those who are of depraved mind they're deprived of the truth he says they teach that godliness is a means of financial gain he warns about these teachers and paul goes on to say we came to the world with nothing." will leave with nothing. He says, be content with food and covering uh, and so forth. And he says, for those who seek to be rich will will be plunged into destruction and will wander from the faith and all these things. And and Peter says, they teach, that they, they make stories up, which a lot of these guys have all oh, these weird, yeah. bizarre, oh God showed me this and all these weird stories. And and he says that they make merchandise of men, Peter says, who the black darkness is reserved forever, you know? And it's interesting because uh, you have these false teachers who have huge followings. Teaming up with the Pope, Pope teaming up with a lot of these folks. And as we see this going on, I mean, when you look at the harlot, she's all about power, money, and it talks about her abominations. And many of these guys are involved in occult practices, whether it's the Pope and talking to dead people, you know, or seeking to talk to the dead people, uh, or whether you have it, uh, you know, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit. Uh, But a lot of these guys encourage uh, occult practices. No, I think, I think that's
0: really important that you bring that out because something we brought out in our Bethel series, and then it's kind of interesting because uh, Bethel up in Reading decided they were gonna try to answer some of the accusations uh, that came out against them, and one of them was grave soaking. And one of the things, and I, I want to play the clip for you guys, the clips for you guys, and, and we talked about that in our answer to their Bethel Rediscovered series. And in our answer answer, one of the things we brought out was their dishonesty, calling it an absolute myth, and then you're gonna hear them. When they, with their own lips, not only say, Oh, well, this was a private time of prayer. Well, why'd you post it on Instagram? And great, oh, grave soaking is literally going to the grave of a place. And guys, don't think that we're only going to talk about Protestants on this because there's a Catholic who does it as well. Uh, that we'll, we'll get into that. But grave soaking is when somebody goes to a grave in hopes to either talk with or receive an anointing from a dead body, and so. We talked about this because, by the way, the same people that call it a myth are the ones admitting that they actually have practiced it and even had it preached from their school of supernatural wizardry. I mean, ministry. Go.
4: <laughs> How would you think this and perpetuate this myth when it's something I'm in the environment, regularly teaching and living with these people, and this is not a practice that we are participating in and yeah. that we, we teach, or, and certainly not with the, in the, the Connections that people have made. To be super clear, sometimes a quote of yours is attributed to this idea that we're actually going to graves looking for anointings to be, you know, to, to get and to pass on. Um, there are anointings, mantles, revelations, and mysteries that have lain unclaimed, literally where they were left because the generation that walked in them never passed them on. I believe it's impossible for us to recover realms of anointing, realms of insight. Sorry, I believe it's possible for us to recover <laughs> realms of anointing. Uh, realms of insight, realms of God that have been uh, untended for decades simply by choosing to reclaim them and perpetuate them for future generations. So at that point, you're talking about in honor and faith. It, what I felt the Lord sp- speak to my heart like 20 years
2: ago when I first started collecting for our, our library museum mm-hmm. was that if we honored the saints of the past, not worship, not talk to for sure. Um, but if we honored them, the Lord would give us access to their the grace that they lived
0: in. As you watch this next clip, remember, go back in your memory just to what we just played. It's a myth. It's never been taught. It's never been practiced. I, I live there. I know this. But then you're going to hear the same Mr. Fairley who said that says
4: this. One of our leaders had a profound encounter with the Lord. Uh, at the grave of a former church leader. So wow. he comes back and gives a testimony about this. And because our students are so hungry, <laughs> I mean, it's like meat to a wolf at some level. Like, you're kidding? The Lord will meet you at a grave? So it, it, I remember in that, as the yeah. dean watching it, like, whoa, what, what? But but I've had to learn over time, like, if I try to kill something too early, that's, that's we, good. we totally yeah. miss the potentially the good things. <clears throat> and again, the weird things that come. But when I kill everything too early, our people, our students stop stop taking risks. So there's a picture of your wife Benny being uh, laying down on a grave. And yeah, That is actually yeah, yeah. like so. When we say we don't practice this, you're like, ah, oh, we have photographic evidence of <laughs> Benny laying on the grave. What, what, what is she doing? What's her story in that? What's what's up to? What's you something? know,
2: our whole deal is we we want to respond to God in a way that He wants us to respond. Mm-hmm. If I kneel, if I dance, I've shouted, I've danced before the Lord. I'll lay. Prostrate before the Lord, and it's that's all it is. Is it's we want to be uh, responsive enough to His impressions that we'll do whatever He says to do, and risk looking like a fool in the process, risk being misunderstood in the process. It doesn't, uh, you know. There's no you don't, you don't get bonus points for being ridiculed.
4: But there no. are fellow saints who are like, I just need to know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that you guys We're, are safe and yeah. not. Not super weird. Spooky, but not super weird, yeah. <laughs> We're willing to do whatever we
2: feel like he said to do. I mean, you know, honestly. So in that uh, moment,
4: Benny's responding to the, the leadership, yeah. the, the, the the promptings of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Yeah, yeah it looks strange. Yeah.
2: You know, I I get it. Yeah. I, I've been in those places too where my response was not something I'd want Filmed, but it's yeah. you know it's it's uh, some of the great evangelists have described their prayer time behind closed doors. And said, well, you know, we wouldn't want that filmed. It's their cry to God. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would look strange to the to the outsider looking in of uh, the tears, the weeping, the mm-hmm. whatever it may be before the Lord. Um, you know, they're just they're just times where we respond intimately to Him, and uh, and it's not always. It's not always squeaky clean, it's just honest, mm-hmm. and so we we create room in how we do life that you know I might not get it right i I, I may next week go, ash
1: eh, shouldn't have done that,
2: yeah, but that's right.
1: that is how we do life it's uh denial with at the same time embracing, oh, you know what, yeah, you know, spirits you know soaking and or or grave sucking and grave soaking, yeah, we've never done that you know the past. Or even in, this, even in this little thing they're doing, it starts off, oh yeah, the myth of this, that we've been accused of this kind of thing. Oh yeah, oh well, yeah, your wife, and yeah, she was in, and, and he goes, I came to believe this, yeah, I don't want to kill what God's doing. It's like, you can't trust them, you already know that, because if you just watch those parts of the interview, you realize that <laughs>
0: either they don't even know they're lying,
1: they covered up or they're just lying. You know, I'll leave that before God. But either way, it's a lie. What's going on here often?
0: So, Joe, I, I know we we went at that at length, and you guys can hear in that clip where we talked about it and show the not only the hypocrisy, but the, they're either lying, and I think you mentioned that even in the clip, like they're either lying or they're so ignorant that they don't even know they're lying. And either way, it's not good. But Joe, one of the things that's fascinating and who is also involved in this event that's being promoted is none other than Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus Mm -hmm. on The Chosen. And here in this clip, Joe, when it came to Jonathan not playing the role of Jesus for this specific instance, but you kind of wonder what else he did for that role, but this is for the role of Lonnie Frisbee in Jesus' Revolution. So once again, we have Protestants hiring Catholics to play these roles or do whatever they're trying to do, and here he is talking about grave soaking as well. Before I started work, I went over to
3: Christ Cathedral, and uh, I I sat by his grave and I prayed a rosary with him. Oh, he didn't realize he's buried there too. He's, oh yeah, he's buried there. Yeah. Oh well, I'm
4: going to have to go take a look at that.
3: Yeah, it's 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 powerful. In fact, I sat down and I prayed with him. Um, the, the the space just to his right is empty, so I got to sit down or lie. At one point, I even lied down because I just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to. Connected some way, that's probably more information than you need or may want to publish. But that said, uh, I, you know, I it's the truth. And so I finished praying with him, and I said, Lonnie, I want to honor you with this film, and I really want to um, to 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 bring justice and and you know the testament to the gifts of God's grace and and powers that you you know displayed while you were on this earth. And so if this is a good idea that I do this film, have somebody give me a sign, give me a sign, have God give me a sign. Mm-hmm. And the minute the words left my mouth, behind me, there was a door open to the cathedral and this giant chord rang out for about five seconds. And From stopped. the organ? From the organ. Wow. I heard that and I was like, Okay, thanks for that.
0: (laughs) Now, Joe, people have seen these clips maybe or people have heard these things. And first of all, they just push it away like it's not even true. But one thing we want to bring out is the dangers here. We're not just talking about, oh, these are some excesses. This is just, no, there is real occult dangers with doing these things. And Satan is just playing with these guys. And sadly, they're using whatever spirits they're coming in contact with to not only bring about ecumenism, obviously, but also, it seems like they're doing it to bring out their roles and even as part of their teaching when Bethel, whether it's Chris Valatin taking the mantle from William Branham, the mm-hmm. heretic who said that the Trinity is from the devil, mm-hmm. the the literally the teaching of the Trinity is from the devil, whatever it may be, Joe, I, I think it's really good time for maybe people that are watching this, maybe somebody that's like, hey, I'm into that or I like that show or I, I, I'm, I, I watch Bethel and I think that we do have demons inside of us as believers while the holy spirit has the roommate of a of uh, a demon and so forth that maybe it, it it's 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 important for them to see that this is not just some small thing but this is serious
1: yeah absolutely chad it's so serious that uh it's it's absolutely imperative that as Christians in the last days, we understand what the scriptures say about these things. Because Chad, when warns about this false church in the end times, the mother of harlots, she's called, and the abominations of the earth. And you look and trace that word for abominations, you know, back through the Old Testament of uh, the Hebrew word for abominations. And you'll see that contacting dead people to talk to them, you know. Uh, now, if Christ wants to come and appear to us, or he sends Elijah and Moses God sends Elijah and Moses to talk to Jesus that's one thing but if we go and seek out dead people that's forbidden in scripture uh, in fact it's imperative that we understand uh that that the abominations that he talks about are in fact God excluded people from Israel. He said, if you come in the land and you do these abominations like contacting dead people, you're going to be jettisoned from the land. In fact, in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, it comes up with familiar spirits, necromancers, which are those who contact the dead. He says in verse 9 through 12, when thou art come to the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, uh, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer for those who do those things are an abomination to the lord because of those abominations lord thy god does drive them out from before thee so god is saying hey the lion will vomit you out if you practice these things yet we're now and we look Chatter, you and i, I know we, we probably do the same thing i do you go to the old testament you shake your head like how are they falling back into this and how could they be so stupid and guess what that's what's happening over and over again right now. These guys are embracing these things, and Isaiah rebukes them. In Isaiah chapter eight, verses nineteen to twenty, he says, "When they say to you, seek the spiritists and seek the mediums who who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek after their God? Why do you seek the dead on behalf of the living?" It says to the law and the testimony. If they do these things, there is no light right of the dawn them. or no light in them. And you know what? Chad, yeah, they're contacting these familiar spirits, uncles, past saints, supposedly, and so forth. They're not the spirits that are answering, man, because the Bible says, be absent for the bodies, be present with the Lord. They're contacting demons because the scriptures say that Satan comes as the angel of light. And he says in second, and this is what's crazy because you already brought up initially, Chad, this different gospel. It's a different gospel that we're talking about. And Paul warns that the church, he says, I want to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, not as the whore of Babylon, and he says, I'm concerned that you're, about you maintaining your, your, your sincere devotion to Christ. And he goes on to one about different Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. And then he says in verse 13, he talks about these false teachers, these false apostles. And many of these people claim to be apostles, the new apostolic reformation, who transformed themselves in verse 13 into apostles of Christ. And who he says are servants of unrighteousness, uh, de- deceivers. And he goes on to say, for Satan himself, it's no wonder he says because Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no wonder that his servants transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. They're going to be damned. So, guys, if you're going to hitch your caboose on with those who are damned because of these false teachings, don't be shocked in the end times. If you're into all this stuff and you're all ecumenical, let's just become one and, and follow this movement. If you hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. You need to make sure you know Jesus, man. We need to make sure that we are following the truth and we're not following these false prophets.
0: Amen. And one of the things, I, I know that this is more of an episode on the call to the church to make sure, one, you're not falling for these doctrines. And if you have been duped by them, guys, come out from their midst and be separate. That's something that has been beautiful. Even at Blessed Oak Chapel, we have people that are going here right now that were involved at churches that were Bethel Light or involved in any of our churches and they've come out. We've been emailed by people like, oh, praise God, I came out of that movement. And we want to encourage you for that. But if you don't know Christ and you're just watching this to see what's going on, we want to encourage you guys, don't wait. All right, now is the day of salvation. Turn to him right now. When you see all this and we're like, hey, look at all this prophetic picture where you're seeing All of this is lining up for a reason. It's not an accident. It's because Mm -hmm. the Bible has already said it. It's not because we have great insight. The only insight we get is from the Word of God. And when we look at the Word of God, we see, wow, it's clear that this is what's going to take place. The Bhagavad Gita won't do that for you. The Quran certainly won't do that for you. The Book of Mormon doesn't do it at all. It doesn't even tell past history correct. But Mm -hmm. when you look at the Bible, God said he is different from all the false gods because he can tell the end from the beginning. Amen. So I encourage you guys, if you don't know Jesus, now is the time. He, You are bought and paid for at the cross. Jesus said to tell us I paid in full. And on the day of judgment, God is going to look at you. And if you think, oh, my good works will get me in, or if I have this brown scapular on, or if I just weigh out the good versus the bad, maybe I'll get in. You're wrong. You're either going to be bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, or you're going to pay for your sins for all eternity. Turn to him right now. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that when the Father looks at you on the day of judgment that he will see you've been bought and paid for and you are in christ and he will welcome you in well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord this has been pastor joe schimmel and chad davidson this is the 511 news
3: the 511 news with chad davidson has been brought to you by good fight ministries bringing you news and commentary from a christian perspective this show can be heard every friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.